0: second part their assault on carbon pricing is not entirely without merit. The theoretical attraction of the policy is that it leads the market to discover the cheapest ways to cut emissions, where behavior is easily changed, while allowing other parts of the economy to choose to pay the role. Economists in Barack Obama's White House were among those who puzzled over the social cost of carbon the optimal carbon price that would deter some emissions, but no, not those that were sufficiently beneficial to the economy to offset their effect on global temperatures. But in a world fixed they need zero targets, this sort of logic loses power. Such goals concern all pollutions, not just that which is easily abated, seeing there is maximum permissible amount of global warming of 1.5 to 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. The targets in the Paris Agreement is like saying there is a point at which the social cost of carbon is infinite. In this world, policymakers are not setting a carbon price to distinguish between emissions. They are trying to change behavior. It may be that epics or investments in green technology are more politically viable roads to doing so than raising the carbon price to whatever level is necessary to extinguish inelastic demand for fossil fuels. Yet, the authors push their criticisms of carbon prices too far. They praised Britain's adoption of wind power, but failed not to note the role that its carbon price floor and even only be bought onto the EU's emissions trading scheme. Applied in the transitions, they lament the complexity of carbon taxation while also advocating a fiddly degree in corporate tax, and they failed to notice the flawed political economy of their kitchen sink approach. For example, they call on central banks to provide the current subsidies they desire. To the whom would the central bank be accountable? And once the principle that monetary policy does not allocate capital is considered, what is to stop other demands being made on it? Carbon pricing is simple and transparent by comparison. Moreover, there is an important role for carbon pricing even in an 0 world. One area of technological possibility concerns the removal of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. The potential for direct air capture or a well-governed market for carbon offsets such as planting trees restores the logic of using carbon prices to discriminate between emissions as well as simple deterring them. If such advances materialize, the carbon price might eventually be the exact cost of extracting carbon from the atmosphere, with the market determining the size of the gross flows on either side of the net-zero ledger. Even if Mr. Lunderman and Mr. Sowers are right that some epics are needed to make the journey to net-zero political easier, then economists' long-standing arguments for carbon pricing still have considerable merit and the war has been slowly coming around. In 2021, more than 20% of greenhouse gas emissions were covered by a carbon pricing scheme. Up from about 5% a decade ago, the path to net zero will involve more than set it and forget it carbon pricing, but economists favored climate change policy remains an essential an essential one